welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for being again today with us. We have a very special topic today. Our guests will bring us innovative ideas on how to get paid as a speaker. Let me introduce you, Julie Austin. Julie Austin is a speaker, author, entrepreneur, and inventor based in Los Angeles. She's one of the very few women innovator speakers. Her patented product, Swiggy's, breeds water bottles, have sold in 24 countries. Julie is also author of the book, The Money Garden, How to Plant the Seeds for a Lifetime of Income. And currently, she's the CEO of Speaker Sponsor. Hello, Julie. Welcome to the show. Uh, hello. How are you? I'm very good. Julie, could you tell us now a bit more about yourself? Uh, well, you summed it up pretty well. Um, <laughs> I started out as uh, in the very beginning as an actor. Oh. Um, turned inventor, and I um, have a product, the Swiggy's wrist water bottle that's sold mm -hmm. around the world. I manufacture that. And and what happened was, you know, several years ago when the economy went bad, <laughs> I think all over the world, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had to, I learned to do other things. So I had, I, you know, started other businesses And I looked at what I had in my background and I said, you know, what have I done in my life that I could uh, reinvent myself, which many people have been doing. Mm -hmm. And since I have the acting background at TV and film, I said, well, my friend uh, suggested I become a public speaker because I have a lot of information to, to, mm -hmm. to, you know, a message, I guess you could say, to get out there. And... So that's really what I did, and I started absolutely with no experience whatsoever. I went to Toastmasters, and after a few months of Toastmasters, I said, this is great. I want to make a living at it. <laughs> and so that's, that's when I started my career as a public speaker. So it was a very, very quick change, and you, you were already a speaker. Right. I, I went straight from Toastmasters. I said, I um, I like this. I enjoy speaking. I, I didn't the first day, <laughs> as most people in Toastmasters don't. But, you know, it quickly became something I enjoy doing. And I said, you know, I want to figure out how to make a living from it. And you haven't stopped until now. <laughs> I have a what? You haven't stopped until now. I have not stopped. Nope. When I made that decision, I said, this is it. I'm going to make money as a speaker. That's what I did. Awesome. And could you tell us if you had at some point a stage fright moment as a speaker? Uh, yes. <laughs> It's funny. The very first time I spoke to a big crowd um, and I got paid for it, surprisingly, that wasn't scary. Um But uh, I had, you know, I did a few jobs, paid jobs, and then I had one job that was an international. It was for a <laughs> for a learning center, and I remember being on stage, 
and forgetting the name of the company. Mm. (laughs) I looked out into the audience and the CEO of the corporation was standing there with his arms folded looking at me. I could not remember the name of the company I was speaking to. (laughs) Oh, so you you didn't get paid for that. (laughs) <laughs> and with the, th- the you know luckily for me there was a big banner on the mm-hmm. wall and i had to look over and i said oh <laughs> yeah. luckily it was there it was a hard uh, a company that was hard to pronounce oh. so you know i did get through that though <laughs> yeah that seems happens but now you know you- i can tell mm-hmm. you i can tell you one way to to overcome that is with humor Mm-hmm. There was a, a teddy bear on the stage, and I I just improvised with the teddy bear, so that broke the tension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. And now talking about now that you are a professional speaker, you do a living with this. How is how easy is for a speaker to to get booked and paid nowadays? Well, I don't know what the um, market is around the world, but I know in the U.S. it's very difficult these days. It didn't used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have uh, friends who made $10,000 a speech very easily, and they did that all day long. You know, it's not um, – but but now they're being asked to speak for free, those people that were making that kind of money. So it is – changed a lot it's becoming you know you know they want you to speak for free and people can't make a living with that (laughs) sure and now you have your company speaker sponsor could you tell us a bit more about uh, this uh, this business what uh, what brings speaker sponsor that's make it unique uh yes a speaker sponsor happened because I was being asked to speak for free at conferences Mm -hmm. and I knew there's no way I can make a living (laughs) if I'm just going to show up and speak for free. And at some point, you know, in the beginning that I guess it's okay, you need the experience or the track record, whatever. But, you know, at some point you have to start making money. And so I went to the meeting planner and I said, look, what if I get my own sponsor? Because I have a... um, a track record as a sponsorship director. I used to do that for a TV show. So I knew I could get sponsors. And so I said, look, it's not going to affect my speech. I'm not going to stand on the stage and sell to the audience. It's very subtle. Sponsorship is very subtle. It's not a hard sell. I'm going to put, um, you know, banners and signs in the room and we'll put, uh, the sponsor's logo in the program and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stand on the stage and give a great speech and they pay me. And so they agreed with it. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And then other speakers came up to me and said, Hey, why did you get paid? And I didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. I said, because I had a sponsor and they asked me to teach them how to do it. That's how everything started. That's how it started. And how is the speaker sponsor nowadays? How many sponsors there are? Um, we have a couple of hundred sponsors mm-hmm. who regularly come to the site. 
You know, it's um, a pretty new business. It's been around for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, so far, I've gotten a lot of uh, speakers, sponsors for events. And, you know, in doing this, you know, like a business will always grow and expand. And there are other things that you that come out of it. And I realized that there are other ways that speakers can make a living besides just with the sponsorship. There, you know, in the U.S. and I'm sure around the world, um, there's crowdfunding mm-hmm. for speakers who have a cause topic, and there's also grants. And those are a few of the things. Those are three things that most speakers don't think about when it comes to making money as a speaker. You know, most speakers just think, you know, you're either selling from the stage Mm -hmm. or you're getting a paycheck. And there's so many other ways that speakers can make a living. And I think it's an exciting time, actually. Yeah, definitely. Times are changing. Could you explain us a bit more these these new ways? Uh, The new ways, um, there is the crap besides the the sponsorship, actually, what I do do is not a big corporate sponsorship. So it's not getting the, you know, the Coca-Cola, the Nike's world to sponsor you because there are only, you know, in the U S there are only about 18,000 of those companies, Mm -hmm. but in the U S alone, there are over 25 million Mm -hmm. small businesses. And my first big sponsor Um, which was a $60,000 sponsorship came from a small ad agency in Europe. So it was an ad agency there that wanted to get into the U S market. So $60,000 sponsorship. That's, that's pretty good. Yes. (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what the, um, the market is in Finland or around the world, but I imagine there's, there's similarities. Sure, of the the relationship between huge companies and small companies is is similar as the one you are describing for USA. Yes. Yeah, I just think there's the the opportunity is much much greater. It's much easier and much faster to get a small business to sponsor you as a speaker. Um, you can be waiting for a very very long time if you're just going after big corporate sponsorship. So I think, you know, it's it's a great time. You know, crowdfunding is wonderful. It's kind of, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, it's, it's a little oversaturated, but small business sponsorship is just getting started. And so it's a brand new open field with a lot of money and a lot of opportunity for speakers. How does it work for crowdfunding? In, in the case of speakers? Well, um, I was realizing that there were a lot of speakers on Speaker Sponsor who had a cause topic, whether it's mm-hmm. domestic violence or, um, you know, animal rights mm-hmm. or, you know, community poverty and homelessness, those kind of, um, you know, community issues and social issues. And they were being asked to speak for free also, but... Mm-hmm you know, they have to make a living too. So I put a crowdfunding platform on speaker sponsor so that those speakers who have those topics can get donations from the public to go out and speak, which is something also that's brand new. 
Okay, that's very interesting. And you have it in your platform. Mm -hmm. Yes. Excellent. In the in the last one you say is, is grants. And grants. Um, grants is another thing that a lot of speakers don't consider because most of the grants aren't worded specifically for speakers. There are some, you ha really have to seek them out. And that's why I think um, speakers have to be a little innovative in their thinking. Mm -hmm. But the, there is a lot of grant money out there and it has to be given away. You know, this by law, they have to give that money away. Mm -hmm. Could you give me one example? Um, there is one group, um, and I don't know if the National Speakers Association, I think it is worldwide, mm -hmm. um, has a grant for $5,000 for speakers who are in college who want to pursue a career as a public speaker. That's just an example of one of the speaking grants specifically that I've found. And, um, you know, that is going to go directly to a speaker. So there are grants that go, uh, that, that have a very narrow focus. Sure. And that's what, that's one of them. Okay. Now, now I see. Okay. Excellent. And now that you mentioned innovation and I know you are an expert in innovation, you talk about innovation, you had a, the experience creating products. Should a speaker also spend time and effort themselves in innovating? Absolutely, because I think that the old way of speaking where you just stand on a stage with a microphone and deliver a one-hour speech, it's always going to be there, mm -hmm. but, you know, people are, like meeting planners are thinking of new ways to use speakers in different ways. I'll mm -hmm. give you an example. I just did a conference. I had two, two different conferences. One uh, had three keynote speakers and each one did a 20 minute TED type mm -hmm. speech, uh, which is not typical. And then sure. the other one was um, <laughs> where they had a giant room and they had the speakers positioned in different uh, uh, parts of the room. And it's almost like we were speaking on a loop. So we would give our speech over and over again. It was a smaller speech. And we would give it over and over again, and people in the audience would move around. Oh. So they could they could stand and listen to me, and then they could move and listen to someone else. I'm not saying that one worked out that great, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's but it's innovative, you sure. know, it's it's trying something different. And so I think that, you know, I have dozens of ways that speakers are doing innovative things that is not just standing on a stage. For example, um, there's a story of a guy who decided he wanted to speak in people's living rooms and he makes a very good living at it. He travels around, he speaks in people's living rooms. It's very intimate, but he has two uh, sponsors who sponsor him for the whole event. And that's just, that's something that is not, you know, a normal standing on a stage with a microphone mm -hmm. delivering a one hour keynote speech. And I have another uh, example of a guy who makes a good living delivering a speech on a bus. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and people who speak in barns and, you mm -hmm. know, it's going to be, 
it, it's going to be shake up everything that you know about what a speaker is. As someone who um, in Portugal who does a walking speech. And so I think this is going to, you're going to see some very innovative things come about in the speaking industry. Well, it sounds very, very unique, very interesting. But yes, I yes. agree that, um, yeah, it's time to innovate. <laughs> <laughs> Times are changing. As is the, the... Exactly. Okay. And how important is uh, for, for a speaker to have a, a coach, a speaking coach? I think it's very important. It's the only way I was able to get from never speaking in public ever to making $5,000 for a one-hour keynote in one year because I had an amazing speaking coach. And, you know, as much as you think you know, mm -hmm. there's always something you're not, you know, you're, you're overlooking You know, there's someone can take that raw speech and turn it into something really great. Julie, could you now tell us what is your favorite quotation? My favorite quotation is from Helen Keller, and it's, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up there. Okay. Could you repeat it, please? Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. Or It's not. from Helen Keller. Okay. How, how do you, what is your feeling about this, this question? I think you, you know, a public speaking is risky and, you know, not risky like you're um, rock climbing or, <laughs> you know, base jumping, <laughs> but risky in that you, um, it's creatively risky. You know, most people are terrified of it, <laughs> um, but the people who embrace it, it, it's it's an adventure. It's a risky, creative adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to say it. Uh, it's a creative adventure. <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> Julie, could you now recommend us one book that has inspired you and you think our listeners should read it? Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of the... Um, It's hard to narrow it down to one book, mm -hmm. uh, but the rich dad, poor dad, you know, and I can't mm -hmm. remember the title of it. It's one of the rich dad, poor dad books that um, teaches you the difference between being a um, an employee and being an entrepreneur, being a small business and having passive income. Uh, it really opened my eyes to the um, fact that, you know, you can work hard <laughs> mm -hmm. sure. or you can work smart or you can mm -hmm. work smart and hard. Um, and, and I think, you know, a lot of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books are very inspirational. I believe he started, you know, he was living in his car. You know, he <laughs> also started as an inventor and, you know, um, I, I just think as an entrepreneur, as a speaker, you have to think like an entrepreneur mm. if you want to make a career at it. There are very few speakers who can just sit at home and wait for the phone to ring and make $10,000, $20,000 for a keynote speech. There are very few of those mm. people. Sure. Most speakers have to hustle to get work. And, and to do that, I think you have to think like an entrepreneur.
Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki, yes. Yes. Julie, now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend to do it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Um, well, I think my training at Toastmasters taught me something very valuable. Mm -hmm. It was that, you know, we would have to write and deliver a new speech every month or two, depending on how big your group is. And I think that was perfect training. And even though it's only a three to seven minute speech, I think something mm -hmm. like that. Um, it, what it taught me was to constantly be generating new ideas mm -hmm. for speeches and constantly having to practice them. And um, I have to say that my audience for, for practicing is my two dogs <laughs> <laughs> and a, um, a couch full of stuffed animals. Oh. I know <laughs> it sounds crazy, but, <laughs> and they usually fall asleep <laughs> quickly. Oh, they don't give you feedback. <laughs> yeah, I don't get a lot of feedback. Uh. But if I, I can tell you if that if the the dogs are alert, I know I'm onto something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's definitely more more challenging just to make sure that the dog doesn't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, sometimes I'll, I'll put them on the couch and they go, oh, they have this look like, not again, not this speech again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to, to mix it up and, and, and do different things to, to keep their attention. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, part of uh, being a speaker is you simply have to speak a lot. Yeah. And you know, it's not something you can read in a book. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. And and whether I do it on a stage and I get paid or I'm practicing in my living room, sure. it's it's all the same. It's the act of getting up and speaking. Sure. It's uh, true. Two things that you are you are telling in this uh, routine to shine is uh, one thing is you have to create. Yeah. Constantly, very often creating uh, topics or perfecting your topics. And the other is to to practice, to go to the stage, or even if you are not on a real stage, practice rehearse at home. Yes, I think those those two things um, are very good uh, training to um, for the real thing. Sure. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Julie. This is almost the end of the interview. Um, I really like a lot your very innovative ways of uh, getting paid speaking and and many ideas that you have really definitely you are a very creative person and finally could you tell us how our listeners can learn more about you follow you uh you can go to speakersponsor.com also i have another site called mm -hmm. sponsorshipevents.com and you can follow me on twitter at speakersponsor also, you can reach me by email at info at speakersponsor.com. And I have worked with people all over the world through Skype, through the wonderful uh, Skype. Mm -hmm. Like now? <laughs> exactly. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Julie. It was a pleasure talking with you and all the best. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
Bye bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.